All right, what's up, everybody? Chris Barant here with another podcast of Wide Open with myself and my counterpart, Ross Robinson, hailing all the way from Oregon this time. You're, you're, you're not Colorado bound anymore, Ross. How's it like to be home? No, I'm not. Feels good. We had a good season, and uh, if this podcast works, it's going to kind of feel like a miracle, <laughs> so we're trying some new things here. <laughs> yep, so again, we're uh, this has been fun dabbling in the podcast world. Um, it was pretty easy with you here and having all the camera and audio equipment, and if you could see the, the setup I have right now, you would be wondering how this is even working, so... <laughs> That's how I feel too. Awesome. And like, I, as soon as I got home, we're like, we're going to ramp up and get our legit equipment and everything I want is sold out. So we're going to have to wait a little bit longer to get totally dialed in, but we're learning as we go. Well, it's because people are understanding that the podcast game is uh, is a good one and a fun one. And uh, kind of what, what we're stumbling on here as well, it's been so fun to uh, interact with, with all you guys and reading all the comments. Um, we've got uh, we've got our podcast up on a bunch of different platforms um, and it's been uh, it's been awesome so far. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Yep, we're up on Spotify and iTunes, Google Play. So if you guys want to listen on another platform, just holler at me. Let me know and uh, yeah, the the best thing you guys can do is go give us, you know, five stars on iTunes if you if you des- feel it deserves five stars and uh, also writing a review is super helpful for us, so we appreciate that. Well, cool. Let's uh, let's jump into it. Um, so I had an agenda of what we were going to talk about for episode four here, and that all went out the window. Um, I watched a, a pretty crazy movie two nights ago, and um, all I kept thinking about was how it applies to to my world and how I approach um, my day to day when snowmobiling and and uh, so the movie was. Um, Free Solo. Um, Ross, have you seen that movie, Free Solo? I've seen parts of it, and so yes, and I know what you're talking about. Okay, so um, I'll give you guys just just the quick lowdown. Um, Free Solo is uh, a documentary that National Geographic did on a dude named Alex who is a free climber. So that's what those crazy guys define themselves as. Um, who basically climb, um, you know, these these crazy vert walls and natural cliffs uh, with no ropes. And so um, I got to, uh, I watched that video and I, at the end of it, I came to realize that I truly believe that is the gnarliest thing that I've ever seen and that a human could possibly like do. And, um, and, and what's funny is, so, so you're watching, you know, National Geographic does such an awesome job of, um, capturing these, these crazy moments. And a lot of the time it's, it's with, you know, nature and animals and all of this stuff. And so to watch, um, what this dude was doing, um, you know, mentally, I couldn't put myself in, the right train of thought to think that that was something that made sense or what was doable. Um, and then I got to thinking, I'm like, I've heard that time and a time, time and time again, 
of clients saying that that exact same statement to me, like, what were you thinking right there? And, and I didn't even think twice about it. I'm like, what? Uh, I mean, it was just a, a gnarly technical line over a cliff. It wasn't that big of a deal. It was just a side hill. Right. So, yep. um, mm-hmm. you know, so without watching the movie, it's kind of hard to, to really understand what I'm talking about. But the, the moral of the story with what he was doing is basically he was, he set after a goal, uh, and the goal was to do something that no one has ever done on this earth or on this planet um, that was absolutely, absolutely insane to think of. And um, the only way you can go at something like that is to be mentally prepared, physically prepared, and train. And um, and it. It, it really, you know, again, I, so I turn everything into the snowmobile side of things. And I think about how, um, we go about our focus on how to become better backcountry riders. And, and it's no different. Mm-hmm. I have to be mentally prepared, physically prepared and practice. And so, um, you know, Ross, I, uh, as w- while I was watching this movie and, and, you know, the, the mindset that, that we have gotten comfortable with in writing. I, uh, I was really drawn to this, this story or, or this time that, that you and I had with a client up in, up in BC. Um, to tell, tell the listeners kind of what I did to this guy to make him not like me. <laughs> well, Chris, oh, and, and maybe you it. didn't like me either. I don't know. What? <laughs> I, uh, I, it's hard to, it's hard to scare me, especially when I'm, you know, if it's you and I, then we're usually both nervous together at the same time. But, uh, yeah, it's just something that you just touched on is, you know, we put ourselves in situations that we're, we're comfortable in and we're comfortable being uncomfortable. But as you take somebody who's not used to this situation, like this case, for example, you, you know, side hill kind of around a corner with, you know, what feels like kind of a good exposure below you, cliffed out, treed out, um, whatever it might be. And um, our clients sometimes uh, like to to jab us back after we get them through this. And but hopefully they come through, um, you know, seeing the light and super stoked um, on putting themselves in that kind of situation. Well, and I think this was one of those circumstances. Um, so this was actually uh, just a couple weeks ago when we were up at Grizzly Lodge. And um, the rest of the group uh, at the end of day three, they were tired, worn out, um, got to Ghost Ride 30, which if you guys heard what uh, the definition of Ghost Ride 30 was in our last, last podcast, that's basically your body has given up. You are no longer able to ride your snowmobile at the uh, capability that you started the day with. And, and so we, we had one sole survivor left and, and, um, so he had, uh, he had done really well over his three days, shown a bunch of progression. And so we went for a boy's ride and this particular, yep. this particular line, um, kind of like what you started to describe there, we ended up dropping down into this little shelf and then wrapped around the shelf on this kind of head wall. And, it's crazy to think of where we were. So basically we were on this shelf in between a cliff above us and a cliff below us. And, um, 
the word exposure is a good word. We were definitely exposed yes. to um, some pretty consequential things below us. Um, there was the there was not an option of not making this line and losing your sled down to the right. You basically lose it and go get another snowmobile. Um, it was that type yeah, of line. Call a helicopter. It, exactly. But what what how I look at this line and how I hoped that this client would look at the line is it was, it was what we had been practicing for three days. Um, not in terrain as consequential as this, but it was essentially, um, a fairly easy side hill with one head wall that you had to be fairly aggressive on. And most importantly, you had to, to be on edge at all time. Um, and you, you couldn't lose edge and go down. And so that's something that we had practiced and practiced and practiced. And, and this was a moment where you rely on that practice and you rely on knowing what you needed to do in that situation. And, um, it was, it was awesome. So I, I go across the line and I'm sitting there and I'm like, it's one of the coolest views I've ever had on my snowmobile of just being surrounded by all these huge rock cliffs, this huge exposure below me. I'm on edge. Sun is like perfect. Everything is blinging. And I'm like, I radio and I'm like, you guys have to get over here. And, um, I turn around and, and, um, I, let's see, were you behind him or was he behind you? Yeah, no, he, yeah, he was in front of me and then yeah. he, um, got hung up. Like, I mean, it was okay where he got hung up, but it's not the ideal place to go get hung up. So <laughs> I just kind of rode by him and then, but <clears throat> for, to his credit, it took a very short amount of time and he was up to us, you know, he got hung up and I was, I was going to go back and get him after I got up there, but it wasn't a place where you just stop and like, oh yeah, let me just pull on your ski. It was one you had to think about a little bit. Well, and, and so what was funny about that, so you go around, you're parked there with me, you got a smile on your face, I'm pointing out to these things, and, and then here he comes, and he he pulls up next to us, and uh, this, this was the funniest part about this story is, you know, uh, in our riders meeting and all throughout the three days when we're, when we're guiding and teaching, one of the things that I'm really adamant about is keeping a finger on the brake. Um, I use my middle finger. So, um, kind of as a joke and as a reminder to the riders, as I see them throughout the day is, you know, I'm constantly flipping them off and which is the reminder to get your finger on the brake. Um, again, I use my middle finger. And so he pulls up to me and he flips me off and he's like, and I'm not telling you to put your finger on the brake. <laughs> and and <laughs> I was like, uh, I see. He called me a couple choice words with a big smile on his face. And he's like, I was out of my comfort zone. I was like, I figured you would be. But remember, this is why we've been I've been pushing you so hard these last three days is to get you comfortable with being uncomfortable exactly and you know that that's the greatest part about the end of the day is there's only one guy left who's willing to trust us and i believe your words before everybody went back was oh we're just gonna do go do a couple pow turns that's what you told us and i mean well, i've known you long enough to know that that's bs but <laughs> well i didn't want him to not go it started so with i had to butter turns. him up dude yeah. 
<laughs> but overall the experience was awesome and um yeah it was just in, insane the if you're watching on youtube i'll put a photo up of that uh, cliff that we um got to at the end there and then you know we once we were there we could actually scoot scoot back out the top um so we didn't have to kind of go through our little exposed zone um fearing to lose a snowmobile and i think that's what one of the funniest parts was you know once we're parked there you know we kind of got to this dead end and i mean there was no way that he was going back the way we came and he's just i think i can go up out of that cliff right there you know he was like there's no way i'm going back so but um you know again that was that was just one of those moments and whether whether it's a client or whether it's it's me or you um you know i i put myself in those situations understanding and knowing that um when i ride i practice how to handle those situations and it was no different with this client i mean i wasn't going to go put him in a situation where he he was gonna you know total a sled or um hurt himself i knew he could do it and it wasn't any different than what we had been working on except it was at a point in the day and with the terrain where you had to do it correctly yep Totally. And, and so and the Ross, movie you, is, you, you say, hold on. Uh, yeah. You say, you say something in our writers, writers meeting or when we're up on the hill to these clients that means, um, that defines this moment is when you're in the open, when we're riding the terrain that doesn't have a ton of consequences, you need to be a 10 out of 10 on your delivery, on your technique, on your execution. That's where you have to be a hundred percent because in those situations, um, if, if you mess up, there really isn't any consequences. And so like we talked about in last week's, uh, podcast was if you just go across that open stuff make a mistake turn down and don't mentally think that you messed up that you're never going to progress as a rider and so those are one of those things is you got to be a 10 out of 10 on the open stuff so you hope to be an 8 out of 10 when you get into the gnarly stuff exactly so the movie is free solo uh alex honnold jimmy chin is the guy who video you know shot it and they actually won, uh, I believe, an Oscar for that. Is that what you win when you do movie stuff for Documentary of the Year? Um, but it's a, yeah. an absolute insane movie. Yeah, and and you know the the coolest part about the movie wasn't necessarily the climb. I mean, the climb and the cinematography on the climb was absolutely breathtaking. I mean, I literally my stomach was turning watching it and just visually trying to put myself in the position where he was, um, and it to to watch something and to still make your body or your mind feel like that. It means that they, they captured the moment, which was pretty incredible. But what, what I took most away from the movie was the, the mental strength, the, the determination, the preparation, um, uh, to do something that was seemingly impossible. And, um, I mean, it took him three years to do this. It was a three year long project. It was crazy. Um, at one point he had, um, he had started to attempt the climb and he got about 500 feet above, um, 
or 500 feet into the climb is a 3000 foot vertical climb. He got 500 feet into it and ended up pulling the plug and bailing. So to, uh, to, so think about that. Like, so, you know, you, you work hard, you, you're mentally prepared and you go into it and you say, uh, uh, um, there's no way I'm not doing it. And then to, to do it again, like to, to overcome, overcome, that and to do it again and and you know i i think about it not and and you know the thing about what he's doing is if he messes up he dies like he dies and to to watch how he can work past that or push past that um and it's funny how he talks so nonchalant about it well you know it really doesn't matter if you're 50 feet above the ground or 2500 feet above the ground the result is essentially the same so um and i was like yeah that's that's true but when you look at some of these these shots that he that they're shooting and you're looking down i mean it is just like it's unreal and and so um again cool movie um if, uh, you know, I'm a very self-motivated person, I don't need, um, anything or anybody to, to basically help motivate me through a day or push me. But watching that was, um, just made me feel even more empowered to, to, to do good, to, to push harder, to understand if you work hard enough and prepare hard enough that we can accomplish some really cool things. Yep. And I mean, he, he did, he doing that of pulling, you know, calling it the first time is also says a lot about, you know, decision-making, especially when you're in the backcountry or doing whatever you're doing at, at that level, you know, to, to call it the first time and say, nope, not, not now it's not right. I'm not ready or whatever it might've been. But, and then to go back and do it again is, is, you know, that that's another level in itself, you know, aside from the physical, um, part. So you always say that, you know, snowboarding is a mental sport and there's a lot of sports. Once you start to do them to a certain level, become extremely mental and the physical is not as remarkable. Yeah. And, and, uh, of course, obviously he had to be, uh, have both of those, uh, both physical and mental on his side there. But, um, uh, it was pretty crazy to see how the mind could, uh, could help in that situation. And so, you know, um, so kind of bringing that back in, into the snowmobile world and, and, and how, uh, again, I approach everything I do, um, when I'm, when I'm riding is, you know, I, I like, I like to push and and I look at this with, a variety of different levels of riding abilities because we see all of them here. And, um, you know, the biggest thing that I see in the difference between a good rider and a great rider is a good rider in a pressure switch situation instantly looks at for an out and down. And um, Mm -hmm. where I would say a great rider is will not succumb to losing that fight of having to go down, um, constantly looking for that out up, um, a change of direction, whether, you know, it's a reentry or a hop over or aggressive maneuver to, to change direction, to go back up, never wanting to give up going back down. And so, you know, that's, that's a big, 
a, a big thing. And, and what usually happens there is you're putting yourself and your sled into situations that are can be fairly uncomfortable. But again, we're relying on what we consistently practice on and and um, taking the hard line when necessarily we don't, which that kind of brings me to to a funny story again. Um, one one client that I had uh, with this year was a, was actually a really good rider. A, a dude from Colorado here rides uh, Buff Pass a bunch, um, and he's he we were we were stopped after a pretty fun line, and he he's he stopped. He's like, I'm starting to get get you figured out, Brant. I'm like, oh yeah, what's what's that? He's like, you know, you you make it to the top but you make it to the top the hard way. And I consistently keep seeing lines like, well, why did he go that way? And then, you know, when, when he would either try that line or go do the other line to make it, he's like, I I see, I get it. And, and now, you know, mentally when, when I charge a line and this is what I've tried to instill in, into you and Kyle and, and what we're working on with Andrew is, you know, you guys can make it up the hill. I don't doubt that, but I'm not asking you to make it up the hill. I'm asking you to push yourselves to make it hard to make it up the hill. Yeah. And, and something that becomes so challenging is once you're following a line that's that tough, um, if you're the second or third person, you have to be so smart and not get greedy because you don't want to get off the line. And, you know, if you're leading and Kyle or myself are chasing you, then, you know, where it was tough for you might be even tougher for the second or third guy. So, you know, if we're kind of playing our, our cat and mouse and if you're leading you kind of want to get the other guy stuck um you know those spots as a second or third rider you have to be able to pick that out before you're even there knowing that i'm not going to make it through there i better go below the tree so i can then get above next tree or whatever whatever it might be um you know and so many guys guys ask me a lot they're like well like you know what is chris why is chris so magical or why does he have this like hover mode what's the difference between you and him well, it's about 12 more years of experience. Physically, Brant, you don't do, you're, you're not like physically superior to, to anybody, but it's that extra um, experience. And that's what you always say that I'm never going to catch you, but yeah. we'll find out. I, 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 I do, I do say that. And that's, that's the, the running joke with, I think every guy that's ever worked here. Um, because usually they're young punks like yourself who, uh, have, yeah. are driven, are driven and, um, and want to be, uh, the best and want to, um, push yourself and, and, you know, and that's, uh, again, I mean, that's, one of the things that I love about having guys like, you know, yourself and, and Kyle and, you know, Cole and Sand and I mean, everybody who has, has been here, um, my job is to push you boys and for you guys to, to feel uncomfortable. And it's, it's so cool to watch everybody's progression, um, as, as we keep pushing ourselves. But, um, you know, uh, I guess back to the joke is, well, how are you guys going to, to beat me if I keep 
pushing myself too, you know? So, um, until, and, 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 and that's, that's what I, that's what I love about this sport. And I love about all the, the gnarly riders that are up and coming to, um, again, it just, it, it really makes me think that our sport is in a good spot with, um, for the future and and um it's cool how the manufacturers are are building sleds for us and we're getting to do things that um that we haven't necessarily got to do before um and it's it's crazy you know like you know i started doing all this stuff let's see let's let's think about um i've seen some 13 and 14 year olds on 800s that are actually pretty damn good riders and then let's see when i was 13 and 14 i was riding an indy 500 so you know it's no there's there's no question as to why the up-and-coming riders are going to be good they're starting on good equipment so it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun it is and it's just cool that the sleds are to a place where like tree riding now has some flair to it like there's you know it's not just side hilling back and forth and back and forth i mean there's hopovers and re-entries and all sorts of cool stuff going on where you know guys want to watch the technical stuff as much as they want to watch guys go huck cliffs and that kind of stuff so that's what's really cool is before it was just big jumps and big cliffs whoever could go the biggest um got the attention but that's not the case as much yeah and i think you know that's what's been ultimately the reason why backcountry uh mountain riding or or off trail riding has has caught in fire so much over the last 10 years is because it's something that um, almost every snowmobiler can relate to. It's kind of hard to relate to hucking off of cliffs and backflips and all of, you know, doing ramps and freestyle like I used to do back in the day. But, you know, when, when we talk about um, one-on-one versus mother nature and the steepness and the trees and the snow, you know, guys can look at that and say, dude, that looks fun that's something that I want to be a part of. So that's, that's exciting for our industry. It really is. And it's cool that guys can relate to that. Um, yeah. So did, are you going riding this week? What's going on since I'm not there? <laughs> of course I'm going riding. It's tomorrow. not snowed. <laughs> yeah. It's it snowed. Let's see. It is, it is April 30th. Um, it's, we have, I mean, there's several places in the state that still have like 10 to 12 feet of snow on the ground. Um, we just got hit with a big storm. We got two feet overnight, uh, last night through today. And so, uh, I got some, some fun people from Polaris that we're going to go play on, on, uh, on some sleds with tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, it should, should be some fun. Yeah. And so now that, you know, you're not riding every day and I'm not riding every day, we're sort of transitioning into, I guess what we would call kind of an off season. Um, it's pretty short cause we're going to Chile soon, but we're now like, I'm back kind of in my fitness routine and I know you're back on it. Um, there's guys have been asking what, you know, what do we do? How do we stay tuned up best we can for what we do? Well, it's funny. Um, you know, one thing that, 
a few years ago, I really struggled with this of after your body and your mind gets used to a routine and, you know, my routine is riding six days a week, uh, basically from dang near December all the way through uh, April. Um, when your body gets used to that and the amount of energy you exp- uh, expend and, uh, and all of that, it's hard to just like stop. And, um, I, I remember one year I really struggled with that. I mean, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't, uh, um, I was, I was struggling with it. And so, um, over the last couple of years, uh, as the last day I'm done guiding the very next day, I start, uh, my workout routine and, and, uh, my, my motivation for my workout routine over the summer necessarily isn't to stay fit and maintain for uh, snowmobiling, but it, that helps obviously it's uh to get ready for bow season and and uh chasing those elk around up in in the rockies here so um that's uh that's something that i i really enjoy and and um at first it was the motivation was to to be able to to go be a proficient and good elk hunter um yeah but i also saw the advantages that it gave me come snowmobile season and well i really saw it last year last year i i I hit it hard um i actually was doing this uh mountain tough program uh an online course that had a day-to-day uh regimen that um you know was it literally kicked my ass which was a lot of fun and i went to chile in the probably the best shape of my life and was able to do this crazy workout, go ride all day, um, and still feel, you know, a hundred percent. And so, um, down in Chile last year, I really saw the results of putting in the work physically, um, to, to stay in shape or, or be in shape. Yeah. And it, to, to kind of get over that, that first push, you know, cause I've been away f- now. I haven't been riding in like the last probably week and a half. So I've been working, working, working out, doing all that stuff. And like just today on my run, I finally was like feeling better. Um, mm-hmm. not just miserable because I'm starting to get over that hump. So if you are thinking about, you know, hitting it hard this off season and you know, whatever your motivation might be, you got to give yourself time to get comfortable in a new zone because like riding sleds is cardiovascular and all you know tons of endurance and all this kind of stuff but it's different than running and running is different than that it's all different so you have to give your body a little bit of time to adjust so then you can build on it so that's where I'm at feeling it a little bit back in the weight room which is um you know a guy feels that after he hasn't lifted true weights in a while so well and and one of the things that um I've ran into is you're right, Ross, the first week absolutely sucks getting back into it, especially when, you know, you're kind of, you mentally kind of told yourself, well, I should be in shape. I've been riding snowmobiles all season, but gym shape and snowmobile shape is completely different. Um, Just like we get clients who say, I've been working out for three months, getting ready for this trip. And I feel like junk still. And I say, well, it's different, but imagine what you would feel like if you hadn't been working out. So um, you know, I think that's a, that's a big thing. Um, but for, for you nailed it on the head. It's, it's awesome to have some sort of motivation, 
um, to, to drive you. And, and, you know, the thing with a workout is you don't, you don't need a gym. You don't need an hour out of your day. You don't, you know, all these excuses that people use to not work out, just do what you can do. I mean, if you've got your house and you've got the basement or you got the garage or whatever, um, it's, it's really easy to do either workout with, without weights or, Heck, I went to Walmart, bought a $100 weight set. I got a little pad to do some sit-up stuff, and that's essentially my program. I got a lot of cardio stuff I do, and and um, and some days I can do a 45-minute workout, and some days I can only squeeze in 15. But it doesn't take much to make a big difference. Um, but what does make a difference is when you do absolutely zero and just make excuses for it. <laughs> exactly. And... You know, as long as you're going going in there, working hard, sweating, it's going to be beneficial to you. And I'm really curious this year, I'm a little bit more thoughtful than I have been in the past of what is going to benefit my riding as a snowmobiler. So I'm trying to kind of hone that in uh, and talking with, you know, a personal trainer buddy of mine who can kind of help me, you know, dissect these exercises that I can then connect to snowmobiling. So Dude, if you could Maybe move we'll some of your muscle mass, if you could move some of your muscle mass from your <laughs> oh, calves, you from your calves to your <laughs> upper body core, you'd be in business, dude. Good lord! I know. The problem is, is I don't want to weigh anymore. I want to still be light and quick, but I need more like upper body muscle and not so much calf. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, it's, uh, I, I think we, we will expand on that. And we've actually seen a couple comments and questions about, you know, how do we stay in shape in the off season or what do we do in preparation for the upcoming season? And, and what's, what's awesome and what, and why, again, I transitioned almost, I mean, literally the day after I quit guiding full-time here in Colorado, I moved into the workout program is because it allows you to get in that routine. And the sooner you can get in the routine, the easier it is to, to stick with the routine. And, you know, that was, that was something that, that has worked for me. Starting from ground zero sucks. Um, but again, if you can mentally push through it and get through it, the, the, the thing I love about uh, a, a good workout program is it, when, when you slack off and you have a bad meal or you eat, you know, so anyone who knows me knows that I love dessert. I'm a dessert fiend and mm-hmm. I can't really do the dessert when I'm working out because it honestly makes me feel like junk for the morning, which I do all my workouts in the morning. So, um, your body tells you, and when you're working out, it makes you want to do things that are smarter to make you better and prep you better for, for the workout. So, um, it's, it's definitely a, a change of, of, uh, routine and, a and a change of life to be honest. But it's, uh, as I get older, I don't want any excuses. I absolutely hate excuses. Um, and so don't, don't have excuses, just go do it. Yep. And I think another good thing that guys can implement into their summertime and I think a lot of guys do it already and might not think about it is you know something that is relatable to riding whether it be mountain bike moto I mean even driving a side-by-side driving a razor you're 
looking up throttle control, brake control, like all these things are relatable um, back to what we we teach, you know, and the biggest one is eyes up. Get in any yeah. of those vehicles or on any of those vehicles and ride with your eyes down and you're going to get last place every time, bro. Yeah, yeah, you will. Um, well, that's cool. I think we'll expand on that on a future uh, podcast because I think um, – well, it'll be interesting to see some of the comments and questions um, of that. And, you know, if there's anything we can help with routine wise, um, I've been um, I've been a mountain ops supplement guy for a couple of years now, and I've definitely seen the benefits there. If anybody has some question, questions there, you know, again, like you said, Ross, you know, I'm not I'm not working out to get big and get muscles. I'm I'm working out for um, for endurance for, um, for, for tone, for being in shape. Um, you know, those are, and you know, those are all those things work in conjunction for me. Um, and so one, one more thing that I wanted to touch on, um, on, on this week's is I'm going to go back to the movie again. Again, if you haven't yeah. kind of picked up my point, you got to go Gotta go watch this movie. I was so fired up to wake up the morning and go work out after seeing that movie because, I mean, after you watch this dude's story and motivation, you're like, I have zero excuses to go sit in my damn bed for 30 extra minutes. Um, but one of the things I thought of as I'm watching this movie is, is that drive f- where you have to be perfect Um and that drive per- for perfection. And and the person I thought of as I was watching this, um, someone who is kind of defining that right now in our industry is, uh, is Keith Curtis. Um, you know, one of the things that I can relate that to is um, his performance at Jackson Hole Hill Climb year after year after year. And um, I, I've got to participate at Jackson. I've climbed Jackson. I've even made it over the top a few times. Um, but what astonishes me with Keith at that hill is, you know, that's the Super Bowl of, of his sport and his discipline. And that hill is so gnarly at the end of the day on Sunday when, you know, all the money is on the line and, um, when, any little mistake and you will fail. And I don't remember a year where Keith has got a high mark. He makes it every single freaking time. And, you know, there'll be 14 riders in front of him. I I remember this a couple years ago. I mean, there was like 12 or 14 people in front of him that got high marks and Keith smokes over the top, like with fastest time of the day. And I'm like, how, first of all, how did he do that? mentally, how did he look at the 14 guys ahead of him who are some of the best hill, well, the best hill climbers in the world, right? 14 of them failed. And he's just like, well, let's go over the top. You know, I mean, (laughs) that, that's, that's incredible to me. And, um, you know, there, there was some stat I can't remember. I think Keith won 28 of 32 um, classes this year, uh, or I, I didn't say that right, but I mean, it was some, some astronomical number that doesn't even make sense. Right. And he, yeah, he only lost two Kings, uh, this year. Other than that, he was flawless for the the King titles, which is insane. 
Yeah. And, and so of course, you know, Keith's program is top notch. His fitness is top notch. His, his diet his just, I mean, everything is where it needs to be, but it's where it needs to be. So he can, he can succeed with, with the plan, but the plan still all comes down to, to the mindset and the preparation and, you know, the mental game. And I think that's what was so impressive to me. Not that uh, how much he won and not how fast his sleds were, but was how he took charge at every single event and came in knowing that he was going to win. And that is more impressive to me than anything. And, and one of the main reasons that I love riding with the dude in the backcountry, him and I have sure had some fun. Uh, I remember we were on the climb backcountry team ride and this was after the cameras were put away and we went up this stupid, like gnarly, gnarly shoot. Right. And we get up to the top and it was him and Luke Rainey and, and, uh, I come up behind him and, you know, Keith turns around and he's like, oh, fancy meeting you here, you know, and <laughs> and it was just one of those, you know, like him and I, we really feed off of each other when we're riding. Uh, one of the funnest videos I've had with him, I don't know if you guys saw it, but we were uh, on the 2020 photo shoot um, this year for Polaris and the producer said, hey, why don't you and Keith go get some GoPro footage on the 20s? You should have seen the smile on his and I's face. You bet. We're, uh, we'll, we'll go do that. And so I'm following Keith and I'm trying to stay as close as I can for the footage. And Keith kind of just bobbles a little bit in this creek drainage. And I did what he would do to me. And I did not let off. And I ended up landing on his tunnel, shoved my ski up his leg. And he looks back just giggling, smiling. <laughs> and uh, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty cool to see. Uh, where Keith is at right now with with uh, with what he's doing and and again you know it just it 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 just reiterates the fact that um, you can have the best program in the world but if you're not mentally ready for it then you will not succeed yep and you know <laughs> it's just your story about Keith of the backcountry team ride reminded me I'm I get up to a spot with him and you were there too. And he goes, I'm like, I don't think we could go down that way. I think it's a cliff. And he goes, Oh, it's fine. I wrote, I, or he goes, it's fine. I raced Romaniacs, which is one of, you know, the hardest enduro motorcycle races in the world. Like Keith, that doesn't count. Like, I don't care that you race Romaniacs. We can't go that way. But you know, it's just it, riding with him is super fun. And, uh, I was talking to Cole at the backcountry team ride, Cole Wilford. He's, currently banged up he's got he just got surgery on his shoulder and his knee at the same time so heal up cool and he he spent the weekend or the week prior to jackson with keith um and he's just like dude after spending the week with keith this year he is just so dialed like the whole week he's regimented he's got his stuff figured out he knows what he's doing just physically mentally yeast uh gear wise equipment it's all it's all set up and you know, the results certainly showed. So it was just cool to hear that from Cole as he, you know, watched that happen um, as he was kind of beat up um, this season. So, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been, it's been fun uh, watching that. And, and, you know, to be honest, it's, it's any athlete uh, when, when 
they're doing extraordinary things. And, and, you know, I, you think about, you know, Tiger Woods in, in his prime and, and Michael Jordan and Ricky Carmichael and, you know, all of these guys, when you're watching excellence, um, it's not by chance or by luck. Um, it's by preparation and, um, mental fortitude. And that's, that's, what's, um, so fun to watch. Um, and so, and, and again, one of the things that, uh, that definitely impressed me about that movie. So, um, I, I think, um, I think that sets us up at a, at a good, uh, a good point to, to, to stop, uh, for this week's episode. Um, and give my shameless plug to the Discovery Channel. Um, if you'd like to sponsor the show, Discovery Channel, you can do that. Um, but Isn't it National Geographic? <laughs> Whatever. What I say? Or something. I don't know. Discovery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it was National Geographic. Um, but anyway, go, go watch that movie. Um, after you watch the movie, go figure out your workout program. If you have any questions with that or hit, hit up me or Ross, we'll definitely give you some, some things that, um, that, that kill us and, um, make us uh, only stronger for, for next season. Um, and then, uh, as always, we'd love for you guys to, uh, to give us some feedback on what you heard tonight and um give us some ideas moving forward we uh it's funny like i had mentioned i had a plan of what i was going to talk about uh you know snowmobile related and then i was like i ross called me he says what what are we going to talk about tonight i was like dude you gotta you gotta see this movie and i was all fired up he's like well that's what we're talking about so um that's yeah. what's that's what's fun that's what's fun about the podcast and um you know in in everything relates everything um uh, for me, for, um, it's not just snowmobiling. It's, it's how I live my life as well. And, and, and how I run my business, um, work harder than the rest, no excuses. And if you guys remember back to, uh, podcast number one, remember the hashtag that I'm taking from my good buddy, Cameron Haynes, nobody cares, work harder. So, uh, with that, Ross, I'll let you, uh, Give uh, give the folks uh, the recap and and uh, we'll make some plans for for next week. Yep, yeah, thank you. All right, guys, thanks again for listening. Uh, this was episode number four of Wide Open with Chris Brandt. We appreciate it if you guys uh, share, um, tag Chris and I, and uh, yeah, leave a review. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on Spotify, and uh, let me know where else you want to hear us. And if you're watching on YouTube, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, we'll see you for episode five. All right. See you boys and girls.